So I Married an Alcoholic is sponsored by RealtorAndABaby.com. Are you looking to buy, sell, or lease real estate? Even if you're not in greater Philadelphia, reach out with your contact information so you can be connected with the most qualified realtor in your area. RealtorAndABaby at gmail.com. What's that? It's our new intro. No, I think it needs work. Just like you. Things to put on the list. (laughs) 2022's list is getting longer. Sure is. You know what's not? My dick. I was going to say that, but I thought it was offensive, although funny. It is offensive, and I have actually decided that 2022 is the year that I am going to try to be less offensive. I think that's a good goal for you. There are, unfortunately, no guarantees in life, though, so. Yeah, no kidding. Okay. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, derelicts, addicts, lords, ladies, queens, transvestites, socialites, heirs and heiresses. I believe that that covers all sectors of our listening audience. I don't know. I think you'd be surprised. Normies. I forgot the normies. I know. We left them out. Welcome, normies. Season two, episode one of the world famous... So I married an alcoholic podcast. I'm Chris. I'm an alcoholic. And I'm Megan, and I'm an alcoholic. Welcome, darling, to 2022. Welcome to the Taj Mahal of a studio that I have built for you. Welcome to the boobs on the wall. Welcome to the queen. Hello, all. Hello, darlings. (laughs) Let's get right into it, shall we? We shall. Want to thank the sponsors. Let's get that out of the way. Sounds good. Our studio sponsor, Marlene Graphics. MarleneGraphics.com for all of your printing needs. And Realtor and a Baby, RealtorAndABaby.com for all of your real estate needs. So we spent the weekend at Auntie Gay P's house. We did. And if you were also driving up the eastern seaboard, you could have seen So I Married an Alcoholic driving tandem, not together in the car. That's right. It was like, um, it was kind of like the Oregon Trail, except to the Berkshires. Sort of. And there was no cholera. I was going to say, and I didn't have to kill a buffalo on the way up. I did. (laughs) That was my choice. That's besides the point. Speaking of killing buffaloes, the bird dog and I, in a very proud father-dog moment, killed our first pheasant last week. You sure did. And it was fucking delicious. I'm not going to lie. You sent me that picture, and I, I wanted to hear all about it, and I like sort of teared up. I was so proud of you guys. Which is interesting, because every time I bring Megan... Or bring a gun home. Megan is all like, you don't need guns. Well, you don't. Not in the whatever. But it, that's a whole nother story. I'm an alcoholic and I collect things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So anyways, we spent the weekend at Auntie Gay P's. It was kind of an eh weekend. It rained most of the time. It rained. It was cold. Oh. Actually, the first couple of days in, in the palatial estate de Auntie Gay P. The weather was, I mean, it was... It was warm, yeah, but... mild for the end of December. But drenching. But it rained 24-7. Exactly. And then it, the rain stopped and the temperature plummeted. And the cold set in. And it was freezing. It's colder up in New England. I don't care what anyone says. It was like a scene from a Charles Dickens book. 20 degrees there feels a hell of a lot colder than 20 degrees here. No, it does. It does, right? I don't know why. I'm like cold to my bones when we're up there. So we got soup. We did. Soup warms the soul. It does. Anywho, so the original plan was to leave here Friday morning. One car, one family. As it should be. 
That didn't go so well. It did not. Let's talk about that. So I had I, anyone who has traveled with uh, kids and, you know, we ha- were bringing Frankie with us. Mac was going back to his dad's. Um, anyone who has traveled with kids knows that there's a lot of accoutrements involved. I think we've talked about this. Yeah. There's also a lot of prep for travel. Like you can't just put them in the car and bring them like they have to have, you know, she still drinks milk and, you know, bottles and diapers and all those things. Plus we were going up for Christmas. So we were seeing Momsy and Papa Mike. So I had to get all the Christmas gifts ready um, I was doing my world famous baking and I had worked the whole week. So I had one day off where I got all the baking done, started getting packed up, getting everything together. So Friday morning hits and I got up at 530 to frost the cookies and put them all together and to continue to get ready. I'm wrapping some gifts, all these things. And I go upstairs to um, put away some more clothes and I say to Chris, who's still in bed, Hey, if you want to leave at 11, I'm going to need you to get up so you can help me a little bit. It was 8 o'clock in the morning. Right. But he also made this big thing that, like, instead of bringing Mac back to his dad's at noon, it had to be 11 because he had to leave at 11. So I was actually concerned. And and those of you that do a decent amount of traveling know that leaving anywhere, I don't care where you're going, if you leave at 11 o'clock versus leaving at 12 o'clock, that makes a huge difference in your arrival time. No, I understand that. So I was willing to do that, even though, unfortunately, a switching of an hour with my ex-husband isn't always that simple. Well, you married the douche. I don't know what to tell you. So anyway. Now we're all stuck with him. I put it out there, and he was going to pick him up at 11, and we were going to be able to go. So I, again, I'll repeat. I said to Chris, hey, if you want to leave by 11, I'm going to need you to get up so you can help me a little bit. And my response was, well, if you didn't sit on your ass, we'd be ready to go. While I was still horizontal in the marital bed. And there was more expletives and it was much louder and harsher. That didn't go over well. It did not go over well. As you may imagine. So I get quiet. And again, because I'm trying not to react, take it in. Am I overreacting in this situation? Is this my thinking or is he really being an asshole? Continue on. I get in the shower. I, I start getting ready. I go downstairs. And I'm really bothered by it now at this point. Mm -hmm. Leading up to this, so Chris and I shit on each other all the time. We do it on this podcast. Yes, it's kind of the glue that keeps us together. And we like doing it. We laugh. We have a fun time. As inappropriate as that may be. Yeah, it's not mean-spirited. Chris can take it too far every single time. I am an envelope pusher. I'm sorry that I offended your delicate sensibilities. I don't think that's it. So for several months now, probably even going on a year, probably longer than a year, I've been talking to him about this. Hey, when you say this, that, or the other thing, it hurts my feelings. I'm totally fine with us shitting on each other, but being mean-spirited, being cruel, saying not nice names, it's not funny. Know your audience, bro. I do know my audience, darling. See, the thing is with me is because I have such an impeccable delivery, it's often rather difficult to discern if I am being serious or if I am joking. Also true. Now, in my defense, I don't have a serious bone in my body. I spend about 10 hours a year being serious. The other, I don't know how many hours there are, it's balls to the wall inappropriate. And again, I think he's trying to be funny, but I have said on multiple occasions, when you say this, that, or the other thing, 
not funny, actually hurtful. Knock it off. So when you say that to Chris... Chris goes into overdrive. Yeah. So it's something that we're working on, I guess. It's part of our 2022 commitment. It is. But this morning, on New Year's Eve morning, it was not. I had had enough. Mm-hmm. And so I go back upstairs, and he's, like, rifling off more bullshit. And I say... No worries. Frankie and I aren't coming. And I say, no worries. I'm leaving. So, something that I've never done in our marriage, and I'm very conscious of not doing it because I know who Chris is, is I never threaten him. Would you say that's true? I'd say, well, I mean, there's been a couple of occasions, but yes, for the most part, yes. Chris loves a good threat. I love it. Because again, I will take it too far. Chris will say you should pack your shit and go if you leave the milk out on the counter. Well, I mean, it's not just the milk. It's a pattern of things, but that's really neither here nor there. Yeah. It's a pattern of leaving shit out. I tell JP that we're that Frankie and I aren't coming. I apologize. And he's like, what's going on? I tell him about what's going on. And he's like, I understand. I wish you would have said this in group text so I could have confronted him about it. Now I feel awkward, like calling him and being like, why are you being a douchebag? No, I think that's typical manipulative Megan, because when I get up there and I talk to JP, he was like, I don't know why the fuck she would have texted me out of the group text, because I don't really care. So I just sent it as like an apology that we weren't coming. I actually didn't send it in the group text. I thought that was, I originally was sending it in the group text, and I was like, he doesn't need to get involved in this. So I literally just said, hey, we're not, Frankie and I aren't coming. Love you to pieces. Sorry about the weekend. Yeah, it is what it is. Anyway, I'm, I start backing down per usual. And there's this part of me that's kind of struggling with it. Like, what is the right thing to do here? It's not Chris's mom's fault or stepdad or JP's fault that we're having this argument. So it's not fair to ruin their weekend. But also, I have tried talking to Chris. I've been upset about it. I've been angry. I've been all these things, and he still won't change the way he speaks to me. I think that's fair. And is that because I concede too easily? Um, I mean, I, I would say that that's definitely a part of it because in the end, like I know if I just dig my heels in no matter what, like the outcome will definitely sway my way. I also think that it has a lot to do with just my personality in general. Like I treat it almost like it's a, a zero sum game, I think in a sense. Like if you were like, well, I mean, you did say like, we're not going. And I was like, okay, like I'm going to go, still going to go up and have a good time you know, whatever the case may be. But again, like, I think we've talked about this on the show before that, like, regardless, even if I know, like, the the outcome of whatever situation it is, like, may fuck me in the end, I'm still like, yeah, whatever. Like, I'll figure it out. Yeah. Anyway. Which was wrong. Oh, yeah. you don't agree with that? No, I do agree with that. I do agree with that. And I think... I don't know. I mean, I don't know what your thought process was. I think, you know, I think you're stubborn. I think that's what it comes down to. Yeah, absolutely. I think you weren't going to admit you were wrong for whatever you were wrong for. And I think for you, that's that's where you hold the line. And I do concede most often. So there was a part of me that was like, you know, am I just an enabler at this point? Do I really need to just stay home? But I don't think teaching someone a lesson or, you know, like I don't I don't think people should make change based on threats. I don't I don't necessarily think that's positive change. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. 
you should want to make, regardless of what it is, you should want to make that change to be a better person or, you know, have a more successful marriage or be a better employee or better alcoholic if we're going to keep it in the show. Uh, I think that I have, well, actually, I have absolutely no idea why I've been so hesitant to not not be such a stubborn dick all of the time. I think it's kind of like getting sober, right? A lot of people go to rehab because their back's up against the wall, either legally, family. Um, you know, you watch the interventions and it's all the consequences to get people to go. And people may go, but unless they're there because they want to be or find a reason to be there for themselves, they're not going to make change. So that coupled with the fact that, again, it wasn't Chris's mom's fault or JP's fault that we were in this argument. I said to him, all right, listen, we're going to have a four and a half hour drive ahead of us. Let's sit and talk it out on the drive. Which I wanted absolutely no part of. I'm going. You stay home. Don't you dare come up there. Um, and then JP actually said, why don't you guys take the drive and just talk about it? Nope. Chris went and dropped the dog off. At this point, I actually, and I should have known he was going to just leave us at home. Um, but there was still a part of me that was like, okay, this was a silly argument. I apologized for my part. I've asked to have a conversation about it. He's not actually going to want to upset his mom. So he's coming back. So again, I knew he was on his way to drop the dog off. So before he left the area, I again send another text. I love you. Let's take the drive to talk about it. And I was like, I'm already driving. Actually, you said nothing. Oh. My bad. Yeah, because I made sure to reach out to you again before you had left the area. Um, so then, you know, I continued on my day. I cleaned the entire first floor of the house. I fed Frankie lunch. And then, uh, you know, Mac left. I put Frankie down for a nap. And when I put her down for a nap, I called him. Because, again, I wasn't going to take away the time from Frankie, you know, or the little time I left with Mac, the time from Frankie to argue with him on the phone. So I put her down for a nap and then I called him. Yes, you did. And I said, all right. You know, he's like, well, it's too late now. And so I'm a believer in it's never too late. If it's something that matters to you, family, whatever, you figure it out. And I need to get better at that because for me, it was too late as soon as you said, well, we're not going. So anyway, I say to Chris, all right, let's figure this out. I will drive up there with Frankie after she gets up for his nap, from her nap. And Chris said, I don't know. I'm neutral on that. I did say I was neutral on that. I was like, you know what? I don't give a fuck if you come up. I don't give a fuck if you stay home. I don't give a fuck if you sit in your shit all weekend. Like, that's on you. So I had already decided not to sit in my shit all weekend. Because I was in a place of... I don't know. Again, right, wrong, or indifferent. I was like, well, if you want to come up and fix it, then get your ass in the car and come up and fix it. So I think I was actually looking for you to say that. And again, that's my expectations and my, you know, that's my fault there. But instead, he wouldn't give me anything. He wouldn't give me anything. He wouldn't give me a, no, I would like you guys to come up here. I think we can figure this out. Nothing. It was come up if you want. Don't if you don't. Mm -hmm. And I, I wanted to also respect his wishes, right? Because I had, he had said earlier, don't you dare come up there. So do you still feel that way? We'd kind of had a little conversation where we had made a little, you know, improving the situation. <laughs> but yet I wasn't, I, I didn't know what to do. 
And I think that's an interesting, so I, I did end up, Frankie got up from her nap. I got us all packed up. We drove up by ourselves. So there's a couple of things about this. Number one, should have never come to that. It's absolutely ridiculous that we get in this stupid fight. Chris says something he shouldn't. My feelings get hurt. I say something I shouldn't. Stubbornness kicks in. And it ends up being this huge thing. Mm-hmm. Super, super alcoholic. And it's frustrating. It's super frustrating because I would actually prefer to live our lives without arguments. I like things just going by steadily. I appreciate that. Um, And believe it or not, so do I. But I think that there's something unique about being in a relationship with somebody, like an intimate relationship, even, you know, a long-term friendship or whatever. I think, you know, once each individual party starts to dig their heels in, it goes south very quickly. Um, I think this is something that we have been trying to improve on, I mean, since the, uh, the birth of the podcast. Sometimes it's better. Sometimes we make absolutely zero progress at all, right? And again, even though this was an absolutely ridiculous, unnecessary situation, we actually did make progress through it. And we did have a conversation like two hours after you left, not two weeks. So that was pretty good. Yeah, that's like massive progress. Are you kidding me? Massive. I did end up coming up there, and we did have a nice weekend. Chris did actually apologize kind of a couple times during that weekend. It was almost like he would catch himself because, you know, for 88% of it, he was still being an asshole. But he would catch himself and actually apologize for it, which was also major growth. I mean, that's just sort of my baseline, but at least I apologized, right? That's like huge for me, actually. I totally am accepting and happy with that, believe it or not. Stop being a bitch. (laughs) I'm not. Um, So I think anyway, this completely unnecessary, stupid situation, it it speaks to alcoholism 100%. Um, It speaks to our growth, but also still where we lack. I mean, there's so many areas where we just lack. Now, there was a couple things about it that were positive. If I was going to stay home or when I decided I was staying home or when Chris left and he decided for me I was staying home. No, you decided for yourself because, <laughs> again, you were like, well, I'm going to stay home. And I was like, all right, well, I'm moving to fucking DGAPs. And then, again, tried to have several conversations about it in real time. But that's neither here nor there. Well, I don't know why you're bringing up old shit. Just saying. Um, I did do... The right things. I reached out to my people. I reached out to my sponsor. I reached out to my best friend, the two people that I'm honest with. I told them what my thinking was, where I was at with it, and asked for help in reading the situation. I also made a commitment to myself to A, not drink over it, even though I would be here alone, and B, do something productive. So I started like hardcore cleaning. I was going to do one floor a day and get it all done by the time he got home. Now I ended up driving up there, so it didn't happen. I only got the first floor done. But I felt good about that and accomplished still in the same. So I had taken this negative and turned it into a positive. I refused to sit in my shit all weekend. Mm-hmm. And I was going to, you know, turn it around kind of, even if it was on my own. And again, there was still a part of me that was thinking, This is the right thing to do, to stay home. He cannot act this way and have me give in. So the moral of the story is we did get up there. We've had some resolution. And I think, you know, 
I just, we got to stop. It's so fucking annoying. You're fucking annoying. So Stay are home. you. Stay home. And what was your thought process as you were driving up there? Uh, again, right, wrong, or indifferent. I was like, all right, well, she wants to stay home, even though that's probably not what she wanted. I think you wanted me to probably be like, no, I want you to come up and have a good weekend with us. And even though in the back of my mind, that's exactly where I was at, it was the fact that you were like, no, I'm staying home. Then I was like, okay, I'm going to move on, which was wrong. Do you move on, though? I do. See, I think you should own it a little bit. How did I not move on? You may have moved on in the sense well, that- Well, then why the fuck are you telling me that? I don't move on, but you're like, well, you may have owned it in a sense. And yes, you were moving on to New England. Fair enough. But you actually never move on. Chris holds a grudge, and we have talked about this, for minutes, hours, decades. And he will tell you, he's the first to tell you, no, I moved on. It happened yesterday. Don't bring up old shit. As he repeatedly brings up old shit. Over and over again. And I know what he's saying out loud because I know how alcoholics and addicts are, that he's doing it a hundredfold in his head. The hamster is on the wheel in overdrive. All the time. All the time. At one point, too, he even says to me, he's like, well, I don't care. You should call your sponsor about that. And I was like, I did. And he's like, okay, good. Like, no even response to it. Because that's what you're supposed to do. I know. And so I think in a sense, that almost makes you mad a little bit. Or not mad. Not at all. That I do do the right thing if I've done wrong. As you should. And do you think you do? I think I'm getting better at it. I think that it depends on, I think, what the circumstance is. Because I come from, like, if I'm sponsoring guys and they get into a fight with their girlfriend or their wife or whatever it is, I'm like, I don't want to get involved in that bullshit. So I, like, agree, I agree here's, with that, you know, too. We'll talk about the situation. This is your part. These were the defects that reared their ugly heads. Fix it and move on. But, wow. like, I don't play referee, so to speak. No, and I agree with that completely, which you is know. why I don't normally go to my sponsor with things of that nature. I go to my best friend mm-hmm. because that's another person that I can trust. Um, but I did, in a sense, go to her saying... Hey, look, this is where I'm seeing it because, again, I've talked about this before. I often will look at a situation and say, is this 100% my thinking or is it the situation, right? Mm -hmm. And I still struggle with that on a daily basis, knowing, I guess, right from wrong or reality from the reality I've made up in my head. Sure. Does that make sense? So I, I do. I do look for feedback from my sponsor on reading situations like that you know what do they say um whatever situations that once had baffled us i'm still kind of baffled sometimes yeah so am i um so that's where that's where that went now i will say you did end up going to a meeting that night i did i went to a lovely meeting with jp because i needed i'm I'm not gonna say a break but like i needed to just sit in a room full of other people and hear about their shit versus sitting in my shit. To realize how lucky we are. I mean, I wouldn't say that. Really? Yeah. It's just good to hear other people's stories. No, I agree with that. I agree with that. I think, I don't know. I guess sometimes when I sit in a meeting like that, number one, I can normally identify with people, even if it, the story is not the same. So that does help. And oftentimes I can sit there being like, wow, I can't believe I made a big deal about this, that, or the other thing, or took someone in my life for granted. When I have so much. 
more, mm-hmm. and I don't mean things, you know, than right. other people speaking. No, absolutely. I think it just, again, it, it puts things into perspective. Because, again, at the end of the day, like I do, we have a great life, and for the most part, have a great relationship. I don't think that we're unique in terms of, like, there's things that, you know, fuck up our relationship. I think that, again, the difference between alcoholics and normal people is that we will turn it into a complete mess and it doesn't necessarily be need to be, you know, so ugly. No, agree completely. All right, so New Year. Thank God. I know. So long story short, we went up to Auntie Gay P's. We met Mumsy. We met Mike, my stepdad. JP, Auntie Gay P, put them up in the lovely Hotel on North, hotelonnorth.com, for all of your travel housing needs. In the Berkshires. Hotelonnorth.com. And if you call, you'll also get to hear that voice. That's right. I am the voice of the hotel. So I'm helping, you know, Mike and Alice check in, do their thing. JP texts me. He's like, how's the room? And I am literally just being the asshole that I am. There's like a fingerprint on the fridge. So I take a picture of that and I send it to JP. There's like dust on the mirror. So I take a picture of that and I send it to JP. And I'm talking to Mike and Alice and all of a sudden I'm like, there's a big dog shit on the floor. (laughs) So I take a picture of that and send it to JP. And I was like, I want this room comped. This is unacceptable. And I want them moved to a different hotel. He's like, did you shit on the floor or did the dog shit on the floor? I'm like, no, it was definitely mumsy. So Alice took a big shit on the floor of the hotel. (laughs) Just so you could photograph it. Exactly. Because that's how I roll. Mm-hmm. And then that's it. We went out and we had lunch. Alice, I don't know. They got there at like one o'clock in the afternoon. By 2.30, Alice was completely fucking dismantled, which always makes for an interesting lunch with Mumsy. It is what it is. She was fine. I mean, it annoys the shit out of me. And like I was talking to Auntie Gay P about it and he's like, I actually don't, it doesn't bother me. doesn't bother me either. And here's the thing, like we are around people all the time that drink and it doesn't bother me. For some reason, when my mother gets tanked, it bothers me immensely. Uh, well, you're closer to the situation. Like I'm sure there's more behind that. Well, yeah. You and should then, talk like, to someone. You know, she turns on the fucking repeat button and I'm like, holy shit. But it is what it is. It is. No, it doesn't bother me at all, actually. But we had a lovely weekend. We actually, well, not you, but Auntie Gay P and I stayed up to watch the ball drop. I fell asleep literally three and a half minutes before. Yeah. And Chris walled to me with a pillow. He's like, Happy New Year, bitch. And I was like, I missed it. Now go do the dishes. <laughs> I can't even believe I missed it. I was just <laughs> here and awake. The last I saw, there was only 12 minutes to go. Oops. I know. I'm tired. And then uh, we all got sick. Not with COVID, though. Not with COVID. No, we tested. We're negative. There, There is, interestingly enough, like I'm going to blow all of your minds here. There is this thing called the common fucking cold that still exists, but apparently not. That's such an interesting thing. So I had actually started with a runny nose Wednesday. Frankie had started with one the day after Christmas. I tested her two days later. She was negative. I start with the runny nose Wednesday. When I thought I was still driving up as a happy family on Friday, I actually tested myself early in the morning for COVID because I had had this runny nose for two days and I didn't want to go up there and infect everyone. Also negative. It's so interesting, though, how you live in this like completely paranoid place. And I'm not a paranoid person. 
But I was like, oh my God, what if it's COVID? And then I started thinking about that. Is this how we're going to live our lives now? Am I going to have to test myself before I do anything? See family, see friends? I don't know. Maybe that is where we're at right now because it is running rampant. And the problem with it running rampant is the fact that the hospitals are overrun. And it's not, if you're vaccinated, those people aren't dying. So it's not that. It is a lesser case. But it's still vast numbers, right? And so when you're talking about vast numbers, that's still a burden on our healthcare system. And the nurses are getting it. And even though the CDC has just told them that um, even if they have COVID, they still go to work the next day, they're still short-staffed. So, you know, it, you know, you do want to still do your part for the, uh, I don't know, like they're my brothers and sisters out there, the fellow healthcare workers, you know, and they're they're getting the shit end of the deal right now. I agree. And this kind of has nothing to do with that. But like we in a couple of months will be going on year number three of the pandemic. And it is time to wrap this the fuck up. Yeah. And I'm actually hopeful that this will. I believe everyone. It's not if it's when you're going to get this variant. And, you know, if you're vaccinated, you should do okay with it, which is great. And then hopefully that's enough herd immunity that we can all move on. Because I think I speak for everyone when we say we're all over it. I mean, you certainly speak for me in that sense. I think that there's, unfortunately, a vast swath of people out there that are happy to receive, you know, the unemployment and the additional benefits that have come along with COVID. And that's unfortunately not going to change. Again, I think if you give the people an opportunity to sit at home and collect or you know, go loot the Nike store or whatever, like they're going to take that opportunity. I agree. I also think there's another subset that is really fearful. And fear is a very real thing. And I don't necessarily think it's fair to minimize it for those people. I'm not minimizing it. Again, like if you are afraid of the coronavirus or the dark or, you know, monsters under your bed, like that's absolutely fine. Stay the fuck home. No, I agree with that. Like, yeah, that's what I mean. I think play that, your part. I think there are people though that are afraid. I wasn't saying you were minimizing it. I was just saying I, we're not trying to minimize that. If I understand that there are people that are scared out there. Yeah, absolutely. So case in point, I'm going to tell this story real quick because I know it's going to upset Megan, but that's just how I roll. So we are the three of us went to the outlets in Lee, Massachusetts, up in the Berkshires. Me, JP, or excuse me, me, Auntie Gay P, Frankie, and Schmeggles. And we're walking around the outlets. Now, Philadelphia, or at least where we live outside of Philadelphia, you are not required to wear a mask if you're vaccinated. If you are in the city of Philadelphia, I believe within the next couple of days, there is a mask mandate going into effect, which is fine. Like, it is what it is. In Massachusetts, there is a mask mandate, at least in the western part of Massachusetts. Yes. So again, like, we all have our masks on, blah, blah, blah. So we're walking into a store. Now, I wear glasses. So when I'm walking into the store, I am that asshole that has, you know, the mask underneath their nose, so I'm not fogging up my glasses. When I walk into the store, I take my glasses off, I put my mask over my nose, so I am, you know, protected, even though that's actually not science, but it is what it is. So we walk into the store, and the gentleman is in the very back part of the store. It's not a big store, obviously, and he is taking his mask out of his pocket, And I'm like, you know, like, don't even worry about it. Like, what's the point right now? Like, you already have your mask off. And he literally says to me, well, if you were aware of what's going on in the world, you'd have your mask over your nose. And I did not. This is huge growth on my part. I did not engage with the man. I didn't say a goddamn thing. I turned around and I walked out. 
Yeah. And I was actually a little behind because the interesting thing about these outlets were if you were able to use stairs, it was a straight shot. If you were in any way disabled, or in my case, pushing a stroller, you had to literally round around every single thing to go on a ramp. Well, when they designed that particular shopping center, they knew that you were getting a Peloton and you would need to stretch those stubby little <laughs> legs that you have. So anyway, I come walking in as like JP and Chris are like walking out. Yeah, we're not doing this. And JP's like, you would have actually been really proud of him. He didn't start it. He was trying to be nice. He told the guy it was okay. And the guy like totally railroaded him. So honey, I'm proud of you, even though I didn't see it. It is what it is. It is. I'm just saying like that particular, which speaks to my previous point of if you're really that afraid, first of all, why the fuck are you working in retail without a mask on? Second of all, if you're that afraid, just stay home. We're done. Yeah. We are done pandemicking. I've had enough. <laughs> Chris gets his booster tonight. I can't wait. And then you can really be done. I also get my haircut tonight. Ooh, is this is actually going to be good. Hang on one second. Hi, this is Chris. Good afternoon. This is Maurice from Peloton. Do you have a Peloton delivery today? I sure do. Do you have a Peloton for me? Yes, we do. We're just giving you a call. We're about 10 to 15 minutes away from your address. Awesome. Thanks, brother. We'll see you shortly. All righty. We'll see you soon. All right. Bye-bye. Oh, Megan's stupid fucking bike is here. Just so you know, he bought himself a pair of shoes, too. Of course I did, because they're nice. All right, we have 10 to 15 minutes to wrap this up. We are entering 2022, and we've decided to call it season two of the podcast. What do you want to do going forward? What are your outlooks for 2022? What do you want to work on, improve, and what do you want for the podcast? Ready, go. The outlook is rather bleak. I'm going to try to not be an asshole with you. I'm going to really dig into my alcoholic roots. I am also in the process of starting a foundation for our alcoholic friends who are struggling. I am going to sponsor some people. I'm going to raise my daughter. I'm going to crush it in real estate. And I'm going to ride that fucking Peloton into the sunset. <laughs> With the bird dog chasing behind you. No, I, I got her a basket. <laughs> I'm picturing like the Wicked Witch of the West with that Toto on the front. Exactly. I love it. All right. So my goals for 2022 are to not be as sensitive, but still hold my own. Say what I mean when I mean it. Um, Get my ass on that Peloton at least five days a week so I don't have to hear Chris's bullshit. Uh-huh. Um, attend in-person meetings at least once a week again. Yes. Make more time for my family and believe it or not, be cleaner. So I'll believe that when I see it. And I'm going to start by on our whiteboard, keeping track of who actually cleans what. So Chris can see right in front of his face what a lazy ass he is. See, it's not a contest. I can look in your car right now and I know who the disgusting slob is. Mm -hmm. But we're not going to get into that because I am trying to be a better husband in 2022. All right. And for the podcast, any goals? What would be like the brass ring for you? So I think this year I'd really like to start reaching out to advertisers. Let's mm -hmm. monetize this son of a bitch. I agree. Uh, continue to grow our reach. Continue to reach people in ways that we thought were unimaginable and continue to touch lives. I would like to do all those things. I'd also like to get some more guests on, um, different kinds of guests, uh, but also people and promoting their organizations, um, but also maybe some heavy hitters. Maybe we'll see. Maybe we'll see what we can get out there. I've got some. 
I've got some 2022 goals, maybe some sober celebrities or there's people out there that, you know, I think could also benefit sharing their story, could benefit the podcast and benefit our listeners. I agree. Speaking of organizations, Team Foster, their annual Rough Ride. Rough Ride Philadelphia is June 4th and 5th. You can go to teamfoster.org to sign up. Megan and I will be having our So I Married an Alcoholic team this year. And this is going to be interesting. We're getting our Peloton today, so the training will start, but we will need reinforcements. It is 24 hours of stationary cycling. That's right. So if you want to come to Philadelphia, uh, Jim and Velia will be happy to put you up in the bed and breakfast for the weekend. Just send us an email. So I married an alcoholic at gmail.com. Tell us you're interested in doing the Team Foster Rough Ride. Come join our team. We'll include an I Love Anti-Gay P t-shirt. That's right. And we'll all have matching bandanas. Ooh, definitely flares. Oh, yeah. And I don't know about that. Stop being a bitch. Okay. Yeah. Say goodnight, darling. Good night. I'm Megan and I'm an alcoholic. I'm Chris. I'm an alcoholic. Cut off your pets' privates. And please, if you are struggling in any way, put your hand up, reach out, ask for help. So I Married an Alcoholic is sponsored by RealtorAndABaby.com. Are you looking to buy, sell, or lease real estate? Even if you're not in greater Philadelphia, reach out with your contact information so you can be connected with the most qualified realtor in your area. RealtorAndABaby at gmail.com.